My dear friends, it's so good to see all of you at this Holy Mass. Just as you have missed coming to church because you love the Eucharist, you love God, you love Jesus, you love the community, you want to strengthen your faith and you've missed this precious time. And now you're back here and brings me great joy as your priest and pastor to see you here in the congregation. Amazing art service in the congregation, children, especially the ones that are preparing to receive First Holy Communion. Maggie, so good to see you. Navea, so good to see you. McLean, so good to see you. He's so excited and happy to be in the church. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's nice to hear the cry, the voices of babies back in the church. It brings me great joy. I know it does to you too. So my heart is joyful to see you in the congregation. Thank you for making this your determined choice to be here. And thank you to all those that are participating from a distance from your homes. As a domestic church, we will continue to offer the Holy Eucharist here in limited numbers until, you know, slowly uh, more numbers are offered for us legally. So, friends, few few years ago, a friend of mine shared this story about a young teenager who came to him and said, he's a priest, she said to him, my friend in the college says, if you love me, you will do what I ask you to do. If you really love me, you will believe you will do what I believe, you will do what I, what I do. So, this, this teenager told this priest that her friend was asking her to do something that went against her conscience, that went against the teachings of the church, that went against the teachings of Christ. And she couldn't just do it. Even though she loved her friend, she couldn't do this because it hurt her conscience. It hurt her soul. As much as it hurt her not to offend her friend, it went against what she believed. And she was in her heart and soul, she was convinced that she couldn't do what a friend was asking her to do. And so she sought counsel from this priest and he gave the same advice that echoed in her heart, in her soul, in her being. Friends, today Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will follow my commandments if you love me. Guess what? Jesus can say that. Jesus can truly say that. Not just because he's born of Mary and his foster father Joseph, but he's son of God. God can say, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. Now get this. In the past, all of you that are watching right now from homes, and all of you that are here, in the past, we may have kept God's commandments Maybe most often out of love. Maybe other times out of obligation. Take, for example, the Sunday Holy Mass. So many of us took it for granted, right? So, me included, you know. 
So many of us just, you know, followed the routine. Come Sunday, 8.30 Mass, you get up and go. Come Sunday, 10.30 Mass, you get up, get ready, go. 30, 12.30, 1.30 Mass, get up, you know, get ready, go. How many of us, or even 5.30, how many of us have truly made an intentional effort to see that this commandment of keeping the Sabbath holy is done out of love for Jesus. And he says that, right? Today's gospel starts by saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And not just keep my commandments as an obligation, as a duty, but you will do it out of love. You will do it because you want to. You will do it because you're eager to, just like you're feeling right now, right? Here in the congregation, in your homes, you can't wait to come to the Holy Mass. You can't wait to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. You cannot wait to participate with the fellow parishioners, your neighbors and friends, family of faith. You can't wait, children, to receive Jesus for the first time in Holy Communion. That eagerness, I hope burns in your heart with a great ardent desire to renew your love for Jesus, to renew your love for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to renew your love in the Eucharist and to take it much more seriously than I ever did, than you ever did, than we ever did. May this be an awakening for us. May this gospel that we read today and reflect on today, let's read it again in our homes. Not right now, okay? In our homes, let us read it again today, sometime today, and think about the words of Jesus who says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We've got to do it out of love. And when, do, when you do it out of love, Follow Jesus' commandments. They not only bring us the joy of everlasting life, the hope of everlasting life, but they give us a promise of hope here on earth. They offer us happiness here on earth. Think about stealing, right? Why would someone want your things to be stolen, right? So when you do not steal... It brings joy to your neighbors, brings you joy. Sometimes you may think, yeah, I've got this. But then your heart is restless, right? So think about those commandments. Think about how these commandments can give you joy. A Muslim friend of mine, when I was working in Mumbai, said to me, you know, you, you, I've been to some of your masses I just come, sit in the back, and I watch you celebrate your, you know, masses. He didn't know much of it, but he confessed. But he says, you talk about heaven. It's a few times that I've come, you talk about heaven. Tell me, teach me to, to live here on earth. Help me find happiness here on earth. Have, help me find joy here on earth. And I told him, come every Sunday and you will find the sequence of finding happiness here on earth. 
at some point I will be talking to you about, you know, about the Beatitudes, right? So I told him about the Beatitudes. Told him about, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. I told him about the precepts of the church. I told him about the commandments of Christ, the ten, right? I told him about the seven sacraments. Brought me so much great joy to share with him this opportunity that joy is present here on earth if only we will embrace that challenge, if only we will accept that call, that invitation that Jesus offers us today. And secondly, friends, we think about the advocate. Jesus says, I will send you another advocate, which means there is one already, right? Who is that advocate? Jesus himself. We never think about Jesus as an advocate. We know he's our Messiah. We know he's God. He's God Emmanuel. He's incarnate word of God. God made man. But here he says, I am your advocate. I am your defender. You know, I am your prosecutor before God to defend your case, to present your case before the Father. Jesus says, I am here. To be on your side. That's what paraclete means. The one that you call to be on your side. And Jesus, friends, is on our side. The challenge is, am I on the side of Jesus? Right? Am I on team Jesus? Right? Am I following his teachings, his commands, his invitation to love God and to love our neighbor? Am I doing that? Let's think about it consciously today. This paraclete that Jesus is preparing us to receive is different from Jesus himself, he says. He's the spirit of truth. He is spirit of truth. And that spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit that Peter and John lays hands upon the early converts in Samaria. That spirit is also the same spirit that I laid hands yesterday on Dustin as an instrument of God. I am just an instrument of God that anointed him, that gave him the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Same thing with Carissa, same thing with Harvard, same thing with Addy. This week we, we received four people through uh, full communion, two of them full communion in the Catholic Church, one making the profession of faith in Catholic Church and one recatechized and confirmed. What a great joy, right? The apostles got quite a few of them. You know, I got four, I'm happy, right? Plus Dustin's son, little boy Brody, who was baptized as well yesterday. So the spirit of truth, you know, there is no word confirmation in the gospel, right? But that is the reality. That is the reality. Guess what? Philip baptizes these people that are really fired up. People from Samaria, think about it. They hated the Jews, but now they want to be baptized. Why? Because the deacon Philip has gone to them unafraid, giving them the word of God, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, bringing them the joy, that happiness that Jesus promises. And then guess what happens? They have not received the Spirit of... They received Holy Spirit in baptism, but the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit happens with the laying on of 
hands, right? So they call, hey, Peter, John, come on over there in Jerusalem, right? So they come, they lay hands, and the Holy Spirit comes down upon these people that are, that are now, what would you say? Confirmed in faith. The reality is present. The word may not be present. In many of the teachings of the church, there is the reality. May not be the word, but the truth of the spirit is present. Friends, as we receive the spirit of truth today, as we receive the message of truth today, let us do these two things. Let us look closely. If we really love Jesus, and if we do, we will follow his commandments with great love. Just like the act of perfect contrition, sorrow in our hearts for rejecting God's love, right? And secondly, let us think about Jesus as our advocate before the Father, and he has given us the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who lives in us, who lives with us and in us, Jesus says. So we are filled with the gift and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us live as children of the Spirit of truth. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.